Welcome to this episode of Experience the Rav. I'm Rabbi Avi Basowich. This episode is adapted from a lecture given by Rabbi Joseph P. Soloveitchik on June 9, 1973, entitled Moses' Message to Women. We begin with an audio clip of the Rav. However, at the very instant when one makes up his mind to engage in this transcendental spiritual adventure, which we call the religious observance, or simply faith in God. It's a great adventure, no doubt about it. And he's ready to climb a very tall mountain, no matter how steep the mountain is. And no matter how frightening the abyss at the foot of the mountain is. But once he makes up his mind and makes his first two, three steps, but he has got to make those two, three steps by himself, no one will pull it. No one will help him. The decision is his. The determination is his. And the readiness to sacrifice is his. The preparedness to sacrifice. But once he makes up his mind, and he starts, he starts out on the way toward the mound in order to climb it, when he gets to the mound, what does he find? What does he find? He finds the Almighty not on the top of the mound, but at the foot of the mound. Waiting for him. The moment one commits to God, God will be there. We'll come back to that idea. In this episode, I will present two key ideas. One, the symbolism of mountains in Jewish theology. And two, Moshe's great surprise. Once again, that's one, the symbolism of mountains in Jewish theology. And two, Moshe's great surprise. We begin in Shemos, Parakyutet, Psukim Bet, and Gimel. Vayisumir Fidim Vayavo Midbar Sinai. Having journeyed from Rafidim, they entered the wilderness of Sinai, the Yachanuba Midbar, Vayichan Sham Yisrael Neged Ahar. And they encamped in the wilderness, and Israel encamped there in front of the mountain. And the main verse we'll be looking at, Umosha Allah El Halokim, and Moshe went up to God, Vayikroi Lav Hashem Min Ahar, and God called to him from the mountain, Lemor, Kotomar Livdes Yaakov, Visagid Livne Yisrael. Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob and declare to the children of Israel. Now, as we see in these two verses, uh, the location for the giving of the Torah was at a mountain, at Har Sinai. And the first key question is, why does Judaism, and the Tanakh in particular, employ imagery of mountains and climbing as the symbol for man searching for God? After all, Hashem Haaretz Umloo, God is ubiquitous, God is everywhere. So why should it be that you have dispersed all over the Bible that if you're about to meet God, you either climb a mountain or in some way you have an ascent? Why is that? For example, in Bereshis, Parakhaf Bet, Pasuk Bet, it says, Alachad heharim asher omer elacha. When God is speaking to Avraham about sacrificing his son Yitzchak, it says that he will do so up on a mountaintop. In Shemos, Parak Yudtep Pasuk Gimel, as we just said, all of Bnei Yisrael encamp at a mountain, Moshe Allah El Elohim, and Moshe is doing an ascent to climb up to God. We have in Shemos Parak Gimel, Pasuk Yudbet, Ta'avdun Es Elohim Al Hahar Hazeh, that the Torah would not be given in a valley, but the Torah will be given on a mountaintop. Then we also have, in terms of going up, with the permanent Beis Hamikdash, Vikamta Ve'alisa. For instance, to make a pilgrimage is called Aliyah Laregel, to climb up. A pilgrim is Ola Laregel. A pilgrim who goes for this pilgrimage goes up with his feet. Not holich ba regel, not walking, but there's an ascent taking place. 
In Tehillim, Perk Chavdalad, we have Miya Aleb Bahar Hashem. It means to come closer to God is like going up a mountain. Who can climb the mountain of God? And then we also have in Tehillim, Perk Kuf Chaf Hey, Pasuk Bet, Yerushalayim Harim Saviv La. That Yerushalayim is surrounded by mountains, and Yerushalayim, if you will, is the great mountaintop, which is the site of the Beis Hamikdash. Now let's try to understand why. After all, Melochal Arts Kivodo implies that God is everywhere. There is not a single spot on earth from which He's absent. He's present everywhere. Why then is there a special rendezvous between man and God? So the site for the rendezvous is a mountain and requires a climb. So I'm going to share with you three answers from the Rav. Answer number one, a mountaintop or a mount has always served as a military stronghold, like the Golan Heights, for example, and whoever controls the heights is in full control of the entire region. The victor, if you will, controls the mount. In contrast, the defeated one is always symbolically in the valley. Apparently, Yahadus or Judaism looked upon man as a valley dweller. Usually man who lives in this world is a valley dweller, like we say in Tehillim Perchav Gimel Pasuk Dalad, Gam ki elich begeitz lo irara, just as I walk in the valley of the shadows of death. And meeting God means, therefore, to rise from the valley, to try to ascend a high altitude, to climb a mount. The comparison apparently is rooted in the human awareness of man's vulnerability. Without God, we are left in the valley. Man is extremely vulnerable. In the Rav's words, man is exposed to the indifference and quite often the malice of his own environment. It's in nature. The environment plays sometimes very vicious games with man. You know very well, evil or disaster sometimes strikes quickly and ruthlessly. The Rav explained that along with this vulnerability is a pervasive loneliness. Man needs somebody to protect him, a friend who could protect him. And what is the symbol of shelter and protection? Nothing other than the mount or the mountaintop. The symbol, of ex- the symbol of exposure, excuse me, and vulnerability is in the valley. When we say Hashem Tsuri, the Lord is my rock, it means a mount. He is my friend who can protect me, only him, to the exclusion of anybody else. And once man is close to the Almighty, he's not vulnerable anymore. There is a mighty mount which protects him from any potential onslaught. Like we say Hashem Sil'i Umitsudasi in Tehillim Perk Yilchet Pasukimel. God is my rock and my stronghold, my fortress. And there are other illustrations that Hashem, symbolized by the mount, provides a refuge for man. We have in Tehillim Perk Kufchaf Hey Pasuk Aleph, Habotchim Hashem Kehart Zion Lo Yimot Le'olam Yeshev. Those who trust in the Lord are like a mountain, like Mount Zion that cannot be moved, enduring forever. And we also have the next Pasuk in that Perak, Yerushalayim Harim Saviv La, Vashem Saviv La'amo. Jerusalem, hills enfold it, and the Lord enfolds his people now and forever. So the mount, as far as God is concerned, is rooted in the concept of man's protection from his vulnerable state. And that's why, says the Rav, to meet God, you begin to ascend from the valley to the mount. And if you have a rendezvous with God and you feel close to him, the awareness of vulnerability subsides and man feels comfortable. So the first answer is, that we liken in Judaism the ascent to God to being on a mountaintop because in a valley one is fully exposed and fully vulnerable and fully lonely, whereas as one begins to climb the mount, 
The mount is a place of victory and strength and stronghold, and that is where the relationship with God gets cultivated on the ascent towards the mount, and that is the solution that Judaism or Yahadus provides. Second answer. Unlike the valley, the mount towers over an area providing a panoramic view. The person who lives in the valley sees only a small area, sees only the details, sees only the trees but not the forest. Now it's true, says the Rav, that Yahadus is very much interested in details. We pay attention to trivia. What does the Shulchan Aruch consist of? Of details. And here the Rav said, and I quote, However, Judaism is not only a doctrine of details. Judaism is interested in a worldview of man's relationship to the environment, man's relationship to himself, man's relationship to God, and man's relationship to the world. Yahadus is not only detail conscious, but also totality minded. It's a hashkafas olam, a world formula. And a valley dweller cannot have a total view of the landscape, cannot enjoy the scenery, cannot enjoy the landscape the way the mountain climber does. And that's why to meet God, in the second answer, is to have a total view of the scenery, of the landscape, and of the philosophy. For example, take Shabbos. Of course, when you say Shabbos, you have to deal with a myriad of details of Shabbos, the Lamentes Malachos. But after all, after we observe all the details, we begin to think about and wonder, what does Shabbos symbolize? What's the philosophy of Shabbos? What does it mean to man? What kind of a message does Shabbat deliver to man? You don't remain in the valley. You climb up to the top of the mount. So we see not only a single tree, but the entire forest. And that is the second answer, that it's a mountaintop where you get a full panoramic view and can enjoy the totality of everything within range, whereas a valley dweller can only see a narrow, limited, and obstructed view of the details without a full understanding of the whole. And answer number three, why in Yahadus, why in Judaism and Jewish theology, the mount or the mountaintop or an ascent is always likened to God is because as you climb a mountain, the way to God is not paved. It's not a straight road. It's a winding one. Man has to climb to God. The journey is fraught with danger. One must be cautious in trying to ascend to the Mount of the Lord. Like you see in Tehillim, Perchafdal, and Pasuk Gimel, when the psalmist says, Mia ale bahar Hashem, who can ascend to the mountain of God? Well, if it were easy, he wouldn't have to ask the question. And the psalmist asks for qualifications. Whether man is qualified, Mia ale. And then he enumerates with a list of a number of qualifications. Why is it so difficult to come close to God? One must be ready to sacrifice and to undergo hardships. And this ability to give up and to take defeat is indispensable. Otherwise, there's no religious gesture. So the third answer is, in a flat valley, everything is straight. Everything is expected. Each step connotes a direction onto the next step. But that is not the case when climbing a mount or a mountaintop. That is not a straight road, it's a winding one. And metaphorically, that teaches us about Judaism and an ascent to God, which will be a difficult journey for one to take. Switching gears now, the Rav has an insight on the following verse in Shemos Perak Yudtet Pasuk Gimel. The beginning of the Pasuk reads, Umosha Allah El HaElokim, Vayikra Elav Hashem Min HaHar. And Moshe began to ascend towards God, and God called to him from within the mountain. The Rav points out two unusual features of this Pasuk. Number one, Moshe climbed El HaElokim, he climbed towards God, rather than saying Moshe Allah El Hahar to climb up the mountain. And number two, 
Vayakroi Elov Hashem Min Hahar, that God called him from within the mountain, it should say Merosh Hahar, or Me'al Hahar. It should say from above or on top of the mountain. That's what we would expect. So number one, the Torah does not say Umosha Allah El Hahar, because when Moshe started out his climb towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu at Har Sinai, he was ready to climb even higher, above and beyond the mount, into what shall I say, into infinity, in order to find God. All he had to do, actually, was to reach the decision and be ready. But in our imagination, God was on top of the mount, or even beyond the mount. No, that's what happened. And second, when it says, Vayikra elav Hashem min hahar, it does not say me'al hahar or me'rosh hahar, because the moment that Moshe Rabbeinu was ready to climb the cliff and climb the mountain, he heard God calling him from within the mountain. As we heard from the Rav in the opening audio clip, and I'll read it again, and I quote, The very instant one makes up his mind to engage in this transcendental spiritual adventure, which you call the religious observance or simply faith in God, it's a great adventure, no doubt about it. And he's ready to climb a very tall mount, no matter how steep the mount, and no matter how frightening the abyss at the foot of the mount is. But once he makes up his mind and makes his first two, three steps, he has got to make those two, three steps by himself. No one will pull him. No one will help him. The decision is his. Determination is his. And the readiness to sacrifice is his. The preparedness to sacrifice. But once he makes up his mind and he starts out on the way toward the mount in order to climb it, then when he gets to the mount, what does he find? He finds the Almighty, not at the top of the mount, but at the foot of the mount, waiting for him, you understand. Once he was ready, he found God right near him. God met him at the foot of the mount. So in the Rav's explanation, it was the moment that Moshe Rabbeinu had the conviction to go up Harsinai, when he expected HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be waiting for him at the top of the mountain. Once he was ready to climb, HaKadosh Baruch Hu called out to him from right next to him at the foot of the mountain. The Rav continues by drawing an insight from another part of the verse, namely, Vayikra Elov Hashem. Now what should it have said? It should have said, Umosha Allah El Elohim, Vayomer Elov Hashem Inahar, that Hashem said to him. Why should it say the term Vayikra? Vayikra usually, within the Torah, connotes a level of surprise. It connotes whenever God announces his presence to an unsuspecting prophet, that he does not suspect that God would be right there. Right, the Chumash tells us about God calling to Moses from the burning bush. So there the word Vayikra is used because Moshe did not suspect the presence of God. So what was the element of surprise here? And once again, it's because Moshe believed that he would have to climb the mount up to the top of the mountain. And Hashem is telling Moshe, and I quote, Moshe, you don't have to climb too far. All I wanted is the decision on your part. I was wondering whether you were ready for sacrifice. Once you reach the decision and you're ready to search me forever until you'll find me, then it's not hard to find God. I'm right here. There's no need to travel so far in order to find me. To recap, I presented two key ideas. Number one, the symbolism of mountains in Jewish theology had three different parts to it or three different responses. First, God is the ultimate protector. God provides the ultimate protection like you have on the mountaintop in contrast to the vulnerability and loneliness that one has dwelling in a valley. Second, that being on a mountaintop provides one with a panoramic and macro view of the world and of Judaism. And third, is that there is a challenging path as you go up a mountain, just as there is in the acquisition of Torah. Second, we spoke about Moshe's surprise. 
Moshe thought the path would be nearly impossible climbing the full mountain, whereas Hashem surprised him after his initial step and his initial conviction. We conclude with another clip from the Rav about Judaism being interested in the forest and the trees, the micro and the macro. In, in a total view of the world, of man and the environment, man's relationship to himself, about mystery of man, man's relationship to himself, man's relationship to God, man's relationship to the environment. The Hadus is, is concerned with the universe as such, as a whole, in its entirety. The Hadus is not only little conscious, but also totality in my life. It's a great philosophy. Not only discipline, it's a great philosophy. The world formula. The Rav said, Judaism is not only a doctrine of details, Yahadus is interested in a worldview of man's relationship to himself, man's relationship to God, and man's relationship to the environment. Yahadus is not only detail conscious, but also totality minded. It's Hashkafas Olam, a world formula. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to go to www.experiencetherov.com in the contact tab to be added to the growing group of global Rov enthusiasts. Until next time.